0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Now, we're going to be discussing the fascinating subject of being friends with God, getting to know God as your friend, and we're going to talk about that today based out of Genesis chapter 15. Why don't you turn over there and meet me in Genesis chapter 15, and let's begin today in prayer Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come, illuminating the scriptures so that we can receive them as spiritual food. Now we thank you that this is our meal for the day, our spiritual meal. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. By the way, uh, those of you that are Fasting and seeking the Lord because we are, you know, in the early part of the year. May the Lord bless you as you continue on. I know that there are those fasting with me. Uh, This is day number, let's see here, day number 19. Praise God. Uh, As you can see, I'm still alive. Amen. I've had people tell me you'll die if you don't eat food within three or four days. Uh, Obviously, I'm still alive, (laughs) a little thinner. (laughs) Praise God, but having a good time. Uh, with the Lord. And I share that, of course, publicly because this is more of a corporate type fast. And many of you have joined with me Uh, for however many days the Lord would lead you to fast. That's wonderful. I'm always subjective to the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you may have a number in your heart of how many days you want to go, but um, it's all up to the Holy Spirit. He's the one giving uh, the grace to us to continue on. So long as the grace is there, you can continue. If you reach a number that you kind of felt in your heart that you were aiming for, uh, and then you want to stop, then you have accomplished what you set your heart to do. I remember one time years back, I was in Berlin, Germany, and I was on day 22 of a fast And I got so hungry on day 22, I started salivating. And I couldn't understand it because I wanted to keep on going. But the Lord appeared to me in a vision. I saw Him just as clearly as I'm seeing the camera and speaking to you in front of me. And the Lord came and talked to me and said, I want you to stop fasting. Well, that's why the grace had lifted because I had completed it on day 21. And He let me know that He heard my prayer. And that's why I say you you kind of just yield to the Holy Spirit. You might think, I'm going to go this many days. But, you know, if the Holy Spirit says, hey, it's a wrap, then it's a wrap. Praise God. Outside of that, you know, press on to whatever it is you're seeking God for. And, you know, the the main thing is that when you're fasting, of course, you also want to put as much prayer in as possible. By the way, I have my book, Fasting and Prayer, for those of you that perhaps need some encouragement in fasting or tips as you're on your fast and you're looking for ways to uh, uh, fuel that motivation uh, and and to ignite that prayer spark on your fast. Okay, the book is available uh, here at our ministry. You can order it online. If you want it really fast, of course, you can get electronic download. Uh, It's on, you know, like the the Apple uh, bookstore. It's on pretty much uh, any uh, e-format that's out there. So you can get it uh, uh, within one minute, you know, just go online and get it. That book will be a great blessing to those of you that, uh, are practicing the spiritual discipline of prayer mixed with fasting. I know it'll be a blessing to you. Okay. Now we're over here today in Genesis chapter 15. And here's the thing I want you to understand about God. You never want to get like, um, like in a sense, like familiar with God, where you don't really understand that element of uh, who he is. Now, I've had encounters with the Lord, visionary experiences with God. Uh, There was a time I was actually taken into the throne room of heaven, and I uh, sat on the lap of Jehovah God, Father God. There have been other times I've had encounters with Jesus, the Son of God, uh, who is also God himself. And so I've had some remarkable experiences where they were very personal. Like with uh, Father God, uh, it was like a father-son relationship with Jesus. It's like, um, you know, he's your Savior. He's your Redeemer and things like that. But I I want to express today that there's a lot about God that is incredible about him that we don't know. <laughs> and so it's sometimes that it's that part about his uh, omnipotence or sometimes these big theological words that you want to have the friendship, but while you're having that friendship, you, you kind of want to know exactly just who you are friends with, and it makes it uh, richer and more fuller. And uh, it will allow you to tap in some, uh, into some things of, of God that maybe um, uh, you can't quite get there without knowing some of these uh, various factors. Let's talk about a primary one today. But first of all, uh, we are in Genesis chapter 15 Let's drop down to verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven. Uh, there are times when God wants to give you like a, a different look, and he takes Abraham outside and maybe you need to go away for the weekend. Maybe you need to uh, check into a, a quiet hotel or rent a cabin somewhere up in the mountains where you can get quiet and, you know, meditate on what God would speak to you. And it's very important. I I love it when uh, the story one time when Jerry Savelle had a visitation from Jesus, and Jesus appeared to him in a vision, and he came out of that experience. And right after that, his wife Carolyn walked into the room and She realized that he had had an encounter with the Lord. And the first thing she said to him is, what did he say? Well, Pastor Stephen, what's the big deal about that question? I'll tell you what the big deal is. The big deal is most people want to ask, what did he look like? (laughs) And eventually you're going to have that answered, okay? whether you uh, you know have a visionary encounter or whether you see the Lord face to face, which one day you will, okay? But you have to you have to put the emphasis where the emphasis is at. And so she asked her husband, what did he say? Because that's really, that's really what it's all about, okay? So when the Lord sometimes wants to talk to you, sometimes he'll get you in a different scenario so that you can uh, be maybe a little more relaxed. Uh, you know, and uh, he can uh, help you to uh, maybe, you know, I mean, uh, Abram was a cattle rancher, so he's busy. He's got a lot of employees, got, he's got livestock all over the place. And so sometimes you got to get out of your busy loot so that you can have these type of special moments. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So sa- shall your descendants be. Now, he didn't say you're going to have just as many descendants as there are stars, but he's basically saying you're going to have a large number of descendants that are basically going to come from this promised child. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now, let's move a little closer to, uh, to the right, to Genesis chapter 22. Praise God. There's something very fascinating, and many Jewish rabbis have commented about Numerics and uh, the stars, and also something else that we'll see in the next uh, expression. Genesis chapter 22, we're going to go now to verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, Blessing, I will bless you and multiplying. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand, which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gates of, of their enemies in your seed. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now here we bring in the, the natural, and what would be a reflection of the heavenly or the spiritual. We have the sand on the earth of the seashore, and we also have the stars in the heavens. If you have ever been to the beach, and I would imagine that most of you probably have, and you, you know, you just see sand all over the place, but really uh, sand, if you pick it up, it's uh, it's little granules and a grain of sand is really small, about the size of a, maybe just a little bit larger than a pinhead. I mean, you could get one grain and you can see it, but it's fascinating because God is telling Abraham that your descendants are going to be like, not as many in number, but it's going to be similar. In other words, it's going to be a multitude of descendants that are going to come. It'll be like the sand on the seashore, like the stars in the heavens. Now, Scientists have been kind of curious over the centuries how much sand is there on the earth. And you know, they can actually tell you how much the earth weighs. They figure that out, actually a couple thousand years ago, how much the earth actually weighs, but there are certain things like the sand. Now now they want to know how much does the sand weigh? Well, through various calculations and certain uh, mathematical formulas, they have discovered that, uh, well, first of all, it's not so much how, how much it weighs, I guess, how many grains of sand are there, okay? So let me stay with that. There are actually 7.5 sextillion sa- uh, uh, grains of sand. So that's a number. Uh, that's the number 75 followed by 17 zeros, okay? So if you think of all the sand on all the beaches in the world, you know, you think about Florida, you think about California, and all up the eastern coast, North Carolina coast, on the Mediterranean, and all around the world, you're like, wow. And uh, that's a lot of grains of sand. And it is amazing. It's the number 75 followed by 17 zeros. And so, uh, rabbis have even written books on the numbers of the grain of sand, how, how many there are, and it's you know it's kind of like in the category of the context of the omnipotence the greatness of god let's go further because it gets it starts as crazy as that is you know god creating all of this sand on the earth and even knowing the number of the grains of the sand it gets it gets actually crazier than that let's go over to isaiah chapter 40 praise the lord isaiah 40 verse 25 and 26 To whom then will you liken me? And this is God speaking. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal? Says the Holy One. I want you to think about these things when you think of who your friend is. Because we can very casually say God is my friend, not kind of realize the magnitude of who our buddy is, so to speak, right? So we want to get a good understanding of that. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the power of his and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. Now we could say this is in reference to the stars, and in most ways it is. The rabbis actually teach this is a reference to the angels. Okay, because it says, "Who brings out their host by number?" The word "host" in Hebrew is actually the word "army." So uh, let's say it's the angels. We do know for certain that God has given a name to every single angel. I know for some that there's like a mental blockage with that. I've met a lot of Christians that think that the only angels that have names are Michael and Gabriel. (laughs) They're like, they're the only two that have names. I'm like, they're the only two mentioned by name. That doesn't mean the others don't have names. It actually says here that they do. Uh, whether we're looking at stars or angels, it is a dual reference, I believe, to the angels. But who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name. I mean, can you imagine angels walking around in heaven and they don't know who they are? <laughs> God doesn't know their name, can't talk to them because he doesn't know who they are, yet they work for him. No, that, that's just silly stuff. They all have a name. All right. Now, let's, uh, we can get more technical by going to the next passage, passage of Scripture. Psalm 147 And this is very direct. Psalm 147, verse 4. Just in case somebody thought, well, we let God off the hook. He actually can't count all of the stars. He can count the angels, but he can't count the stars. Well, verse 4 says, he counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Well, here was a debate amongst scientists, probably for the last hundred years, although there are some old rabbinical writings on it that go back much further. Which is the higher number? Is it the grains of sand on the earth, which is already an astronomical type number, 7.56 trillion sand grains, which is the number 75 followed by 17 zeros. Uh, is Are there more stars than there are grains of sand on the earth? Well... It turns out there are, and this is amazing. Now, I want you to think about this just for a moment, because there are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand. But think about this. Think about how small a grain of sand is and how many there are. And also now think about how big a star is. Okay, our sun is a star. So think about how big a star is and realize there's more of them than there are those little tiny grains of sand on the entire earth, wow, Pastor Stephen, I didn't know my friend was that famous, uh yeah, he's that, and a whole lot more. <laughs> so when we talk about friend being a friend with God, sometimes we can like be real casual like real- really evangelical with that term, and it's all cozy feeling and uh you know you sit sit next to your buddy Jesus, and you both drink a latte together and smile at each other but you have to know who your buddy is. Yes, yes, he's your he can be your friend and but you have to know this other dimension of who kind of you're talking to and sitting next to. It it makes the friendship stick and have a lot more value when you actually see him as more than just a friend. And yes, we can't even really comprehend him as a savior because he paid such a price. And it's, it's really stretches in that, in that area, but he's multidimensional in his, his, uh, his nature and character. So I want you to see some of these other colors that make up who he is today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So there are more stars than there are grains of sand on the earth. Almost all scientists across the board agree with that now. And uh, most scientists based upon the theory of relativity of what Einstein taught, also believe that as crazy as it is, uh, the universe is expanding. (laughs) So it it, it could be that it's actually getting larger, even as we're sitting here. (laughs) So it gets kind of wild. And that is pretty heavy duty stuff. When you think about the magnitude of uh, what God did and how big of a star, how big a star is, and there's more of them. And And you kind of start going tilt when you start thinking, he knows the name. In other words, he has named every single star and he knows it. He knows its name. So there's a lot of power here. And along with this power, there are other attributes that he walks in that you need to be aware of when you're Hanging out with your friend. Mm -mm. Watch this one. How about this one? Mm. A lot of people don't know this. Maybe they pretend Jesus doesn't actually have this. Haggai chapter 2. Turn over there with me just for a moment. Maybe it's good for your eyeballs to kind of see this. Might get into your spirit a little bit better. Let me grab a drink of hot tea. Excuse me. And I'm very thankful to the brother. And the Lord that just sent me. A package of white tea. Praise God. I'm loaded now with hundreds of white of, of bags of white tea. Praise God. This version is called Prince of Peace. White tea. Sure is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Haggai chapter 2. And let's go to verse 8. Remember, this is your buddy talking. This is your friend talking, right? The silver is mine and the gold is mine says the Lord of hosts. Did you ever stop to think that the Jesus that you talk to when you're having your cup of coffee in your devotional time, that he actually owns all of the silver and gold on the planet and that he's very, very wealthy? Did you ever stop to think that the person that is your best friend is the wealthiest person? the most powerful person who creates stars, but who also is the wealthiest person in the universe. I I don't want to make you nervous around your friend, but I do feel led to illuminate this reality to you that, that the Jesus that you call your best friend, who is your best friend is the wealthiest person in the universe. He owns all of the silver and the gold that is on This planet. Mm -mm. Praise God. Praise the Lord. By the way, did you know that right now, as you're listening to me talk to you, right now, it's raining, scientists tell us, it's raining diamonds on Neptune. And there are diamonds there that are over the size of one million carats. And they're falling out of the sky to the surface of the earth. They are formed in the very unique atmosphere of Neptune, and they tell us that it's raining diamonds on Neptune right now. Who owns those? Pastor Stephen Bill Gates owns. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. God does. Jesus does. He owns all of those diamonds, some of them over the size of one million carats in size. He owns all of them. He owns the whole planet. Your buddy, your friend is very, very rich, And wealthy. He is the wealthiest friend. uh, He is the wealthiest person in the universe. He makes Bill Gates and uh, Mr. Elon Musk and Warren Buffett, all of them look like a bunch of paupers. By the way, anybody who is not saved, who has a lot of money, is a poor person who has money. That's all that is. What does it what does it matter? What does it gain a person if you gain the whole world but you lose your own soul? Mm, 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 mm. praise the lord jesus owns all of the gold and silver on the planet and in the universe here's an interesting story i saw this pop up just recently this is fascinating rare asteroids near earth may contain precious metals worth 11 trillion dollars That's why you hear about this thing of mining asteroids. They're not going up there because, you know, they don't want to put a a rocket up there and have a guy land on it just so they can say, oh, we did it and stick a flag on there. No, no, no. They want to get the gold. They want to get the precious metals. And it says here that these priceless chunks of rock hurling through space could be targets for future space mining and offer other clues about even greater cosmic treasures. So there's just two smaller size asteroids passing by that they say, the scientists doing their uh, analytical analysis through these various instruments they have, that there's enough enough, uh, rare earth minerals and metals on those two rocks hurling by to uh, surpass $11 trillion worth of value. Mm -mm. Who owns those? Jesus does. Who owns all of that? Jesus does. I'm telling you, your friend, Pastor Stephen, I want to be a friend of God. Uh, We're friends. Your friend is the wealthiest person in the universe. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. How about this one? Well, let's take a look at Isaiah 50 and see something very interesting over here about your friend, Jesus. Isaiah 50 verse 9 I will not take a bull from your house nor goats out of your folds for every beast of the fur of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills God says they're mine I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beast of the field are mine if I were hungry I would not tell you for the world is mine and all its fullness the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness Woo! praise the Lord's powerful powerful now let's go to the book of Revelation and we see this laid out even more clearly we're going over to Revelation chapter 5 and let's go down now to verse 11 Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb. That's Jesus, right? Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power. Yes. Yes. Pastor Stephen, Jesus, my friend, he's omnipotent. He's all powerful. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches. Well, Pastor Stephen, my, my friend is rich. Yep. Your friend Jesus is the richest person in the entire universe. Mm-mm. Woo! Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive riches. And he's got it. He's loaded. He's loaded with it. It's all over him. Praise God. Revelation chapter 21. We see more. Verse 18, the construction of its wall was of Jasper and the city was pure gold. Show me one city in the world that's made out of pure gold doesn't exist. And the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite. Boy, I'm starting to feel like a geologist here. The eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Pastor Stephen, it sounds like Jesus. He's got a little bit of money, doesn't he? (laughs) A little. (laughs) He's got wealth beyond comprehension. And storehouses, too. Other types of storehouses. Did you know that the New Jerusalem is so huge that it would fit from... The, the side of the Atlantic Ocean all the way to the Mississippi River, actually past, a little past the, the Mississippi River, and it would fill everything from New York City all the way down to Florida. The New Jerusalem is 1,400 miles square. So it's like a square, 1,400 wide, 1,400 long, and 1,400, 1,400 miles high. Wow, it's gigantic. I'm telling you, it's it's like the size of a continent. And that's just a city. That's just the new Jerusalem city created by the Lord for his saints to live in, which would appear to be like a, a, a satellite city that is in orbit around the earth over Jerusalem that is going to come down at a certain time in the future. And then, of course, saints can go from the New Jerusalem down to the earth. This is after the earth is cleansed with fire. Woo! Praise the Lord. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. You need to know these things when you're hanging out with Jesus, having your latte moment with the Lord. Yes, he's your friend, but don't, don't forget these other elements of who he is also. Mm-mm. Praise God. You know, it's like... um we We live in a current time right now where the the people that get the preeminence of attention are politicians, but like global level politicians you're talking about presidents, prime ministers, people that they and their cabinets run nations, and so they're on the news all the time and uh and you know, it's um there, there's a lot of corruption and things like that that we're aware of these types of things. and but it seems like the media covers everything they do, everything they say. There's going to come a time it's going to change dramatically. I remember some years back when my wife and I were in New York City, we didn't know it, but we happened to be there right when the UN meeting was taking place. So you had delegations. Uh, and prime ministers and presidents from all over the world that flew into New York city to speak at the United Nations. And they're all there and they're all in the city and staying in, you know, the hotels and stuff like that. I remember I was walking through a hotel, going through a certain area and right in front of me in walked at that time, the acting active secretary of state. And he stopped just a few feet in front of me and he started talking with some um uh, leaders that just came in from the Emirates, and he was greeting them and saying, "Hey, we're glad you're here and stuff like that." And you see all the hoopla, and you you see all of the the cars and all the bodyguards and all of that stuff, and uh, and you know the news agencies eat it up and stuff like that. But the truth is, is that in the very near future, Jesus is going to rule over the world from Jerusalem. Yes, your friend that you, have, that you have your coffee talks with and you have your, your devotionals with. He is going to rule the entire planet. Did you know that about him? Mm-mm. So while the world gets fixated on leaders that come and go, and while the world desperately uh, uh, you know, wants a, uh, another leader to come forth that can solve all of their problems, uh, what we would call the Antichrist, they're eventually going to get that for a very brief period of time. But after that's all done and collapses and turns out to be the big fiasco that it is, then Jesus will show them how it's supposed to be done. It's called the millennial reign or the 1,000-year reign of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Amen. It's going to be a very exciting <laughs> because He can't be bought or sold. Think about, think about Jesus ruling the planet from Jerusalem. And you've got a maybe a corrupt politician. Well, let's say like this: maybe a corrupt businessman comes up to Jesus and says, "Hey, I'll I'll, I'll give you I'll give you this i you an offer if you uh, allow my business to do this over here and build over here. Here's some money. Take this as a bribe." Can you imagine trying to bribe the richest person in the universe with a uh, with a hundred thousand dollar bribe? <laughs> First of all, God can't be tempted by sin. Okay. It's not, it's not going to happen, but, um, it's going to be a total different type of, uh, leadership and it's going to be phenomenal. But these are things when you're hanging out with the Lord as your friend, you need to know, and I want you to know what makes him happy. I want you to know how to please him because it seems like everybody wants to get close to the winner. Everybody wants to get uh, close to the person in the spotlight, but you have to remember, uh, that Jesus is the one that we want to build our lives around. Zechariah uh, shares some interesting things regarding this. Let's go over there just for a moment. This is uh, Zechariah chapter 14. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And this tells us, with, with a little bit of insight, what's going to take place when Jesus reigns from Jerusalem. Chapter 14, verse 3, Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. Remember, that's where he left from, and that's where he will physically come back to. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two, from east to west, making a very large valley, half the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. Verse 12, and this shall be the plague which, with which the Lord will strike all the people who fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. Their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets, and their tongues shall dissolve in their mouths. Now, verse 16, it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem, shall go up from year to year to worship the King. That that's that's your friend. He's now I know he's your friend. Jesus is my friend too. But don't ever forget this is this is the one who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You need to know that. I know we've seen a lot of um, a lot of kings have no interest in their kingdom or their subjects, and they just. They use their position or their power for their own financial gain or their own benefit, and they have no heart for the people. And you know what? It's just part of the fallen world system that we live in. But there is coming the King of Kings. And every year uh, there will be the going up to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So in the 1,000-year reign of Christ, the primary feast that is the focus of that time period, is the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of Hosts, on them they, there will be no rain. If the family of Egypt will not come up and enter in, they shall have no rain. They shall receive the plague with which the Lord strikes the nations who do not come up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not come up to keep the feast of tabernacles. Woo! Praise the Lord. So there will be a lot going on. And, you know, you want to know the Lord and also be able to foresee what His role will be in the very near future. Because then, then, It'll be totally reversed now. When you have the UN meeting and all the big hobnobbers and everybody in cameras, you know, on all the leaders and everybody's doing their thing, and you know, of course, most of them aren't even saved or anything like that. You hear you hear profanity like you wouldn't believe outside of the. Uh, uh, moments when the cameras aren't rolling, the oh, it's just, it's almost uh, unbelievable. But it's true. The profanity and the filth and the way these people talk and act when the cameras aren't on them, it's um, it's it's really something to be seen. And of course, on days of judgment, or the day of judgment, all of that will be uh, brought out into the full open. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So we need to understand. What will be taking place with the Lord? There are those that say, sometimes, I, I, some Christians sometimes who say, "I'm going to rule and reign with Jesus during the millennium." But you have a couple of things going on with that. Number one, you have to qualify for that, and if you qualify, you're going to have to you're going to have to catch what Paul called the out resurrection. And that's what really he was after. He he, he really talked about making the resurrection. And when you, re, when you read through the book of Philippians and you read it in English, you see, well, he seems to be very excited about the resurrection. Well, the resurrection is for every believer. We're going to be raised up and get a glorified body. But if you actually read it in the Greek or some more literal translations, he says, I want to make the out resurrection. In other words, it's a, it's a resurrection out of the general election. So this is the the resurrection that is mentioned in the book of Revelation that's called the first resurrection. And that's what Paul said, I want to make that first resurrection. Why? Those are the ones that are qualified and are allowed to rule and reign with the Lord during his 1,000-year reign. So in order to do that, you would obviously, as a redeemed saint, you're going to have to have your, your physical body resurrected okay because you you can't do it as a spirit being right so that's what paul is saying he was, he was striving to make the out resurrection or what is better known as the first resurrection all of the other saints which is the vast majority get their glorified bodies later on mm-hmm. different subject okay so there are phenomenal rewards that sometimes people don't think about by realizing i want to be his friend I know who he is, and I know what will be taking place in the future, and I'm all in with Jesus all the way. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And of course, those that are uh, in those places to rule and reign with the Lord, they'll be the ones that walk around on the earth, and the saints, excuse me, not the saints, But the people, uh, many Gentiles, of course, many Jews that lived through the tribulation period and somehow survived all the murderous antics of the Antichrist, once he's taken off the scene, all those people that lived through that now go into the millennial reign of Christ and they will look, they will look at those that made the first resurrection or the out resurrection and they'll say, that one over there, he's one of the glorified ones. The, those are the ones that are allowed to rule and reign with the Lord. Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, my friends, um, how do we how do we come in more fully to this? Let's talk about it as we begin to wrap up. Let's jump back to the Book of Isaiah. I want to go over to Isaiah. Well, hold your place in Isaiah first. Let's go by Hebrews. We need to do that. Hebrews chapter 11, because you might think, wow, uh, pastor Stephen, my friend, Jesus, he he's a lot. He he's everything. Yeah, he is. But as friends with God, like Abraham was, you kind of want to step back and think, what do I need to do to please him? I, I want to be friends with God. I want, I want him to like me. So what is, what is this thing that, um, Allows you to connect with Him. Well, we see here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Pastor Stephen, I want to be friends with God. You're going to have to learn faith because you cannot get on that same friendship frequency if you don't come into this walk of faith where your life is not governed by your feelings, where your life is not controlled by circumstances, where um, you're not not overcome by the pessimism and the negativity of the world, but you stand on the word of God and you take God at his word. Mm -mm. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So you are going to have to come into the walk of faith. You'll never... You'll never understand. There'll be a dimension about God that you'll never understand if you don't begin to exercise and use your faith. I'm not talking about the initial usage of your faith to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We're saved by grace through faith. But I'm talking about after that, once you're born again and saved, you need to start getting your faith online and start taking a hold of the promises of God. And as you do that, you start to understand, oh, so this is how God set this system up. This is how he works. He really likes faith. Yep. And if you take him at his word, you thrill his heart. But if you doubt his word and doubt his ability to perform his word, you can really grieve the Holy Spirit and you can stay stuck on first base uh, for the rest of your life. Still make heaven because you're born again, but never really accomplish what God wants you to do. Never even really get into that friendship walk with God. Because you're going to you're gonna have to learn that walk of faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Look at this in Isaiah 41. Let's turn over there now to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. Woo! So we can say Abraham was a friend of God, and he was. We have all kinds of songs and cliches that we use in the body of Christ now. There's a song, I am a friend of God. That's all true. That's good. Wonderful songs, really good confession. But you can sing that song and not have a revelation of this and not really trust God and Just always lean on your own intellect, always lean on your own ability, never really take God at His Word, you know, always looking for a workaround or anything basically besides, let's just trust God, take Him at His Word, and uh, and, and trust Him, you know. So this is something that we have to come into. What does it mean to be friends? The descendants of Abraham, my friends. So Abraham was a friend of God. What does that mean? When you are a friend with God then you begin to know and understand each other. When you're God's friend, you also like each other. Why? You, you have the same spirit, the spirit of faith. Woo! When you are friends, you have shared interest. You, 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 you have kingdom projects on your mind, and you're excited about the things of God. When you are friends, you want to spend time together. Mm-mm. And when you are, when you are friends, you want to help and protect each other. Praise the Lord. You need to become a friend of God and step into the faith walk and begin to take what God said rightfully belongs to you by faith and possess it by faith, such as uh, provision, knowing who your friend is, who is the richest person in the universe You need to trust God for needs met, bills paid, debts paid off, the ability to be a blessing, the ability to walk into the overflow. You need to actively put your faith online for that. Now, I already know what some are thinking because it is a religious stronghold for many. And many think, well, Pastor Stephen, since God does have all of this wealth, surely if he wanted me to have some of it, he would just give me some of it. But it doesn't work like that. It's, it's incredible when Bartimaeus, the blind man, stood in front of Jesus, and he's totally blind, and Jesus says, What is it that you want me to do for you? And you'd think, uh, Jesus, can't you tell? He, he's blind. <laughs> he wants you to heal him. But th- that, that didn't move Jesus at all. Matter of fact, it, when he said, What is it you want me to do for you? if Bartimaeus, standing there totally blind, would have said, Jesus, I'm so glad that you called me to stand before you. Jesus, I, you know, I'm obviously I can't see. I'm blind. And uh, the other day I bumped into the wall because I couldn't see it, and I stubbed my little toe. I want you to heal my toe. Jesus would have healed his toe, and he would have walked off blind. Pastor Stephen, that's very, uh, that's very truthful, isn't it? I know that doesn't go along with the religious, uh, you know, mindset that some people have, but I'm telling you, if you want to work with God, you're going to have to get in faith on purpose and believe God specifically for what it is that you need. Now, Bartimaeus said, Lord, that I might see. He said he wanted his sight. And what did he get? He got exactly what he had faith for and what he was expressing. Belief him, his healing to see, and he got it. Praise God. But that's how God works. Your your faith has to be specific. One time a, a minister said he was sitting next to a a, a lady, and uh, the lady said, I'm believing God for increase. And he said, well, how much increase? She said, well, I don't really know, but I'm just praying and believing God for increase. And he reached in his pocket and pulled out a quarter and gave it to her and said, there, God's answered your prayer. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, that's not nice. He's probably pretty nice compared to the way, the, God, uh, the way that God behaves and the way that God acts because you, you're you going to have to learn this. In the kingdom, you're going to have to learn this, which is this. This is what takes you into friendship, and it's it's wild. Uh, it'll knock over. This knocks over sacred cows like you wouldn't believe, but here it is. Here's, here's how you come into friendship with God. You have to understand that this Jesus who you're wanting to be friends with, and you're wanting him to work in your life. He's very, very compassionate, but he's not moved by your need. He's moved by your faith and you can have needs coming out of your ears and you can cry and beg and ask and plead and bawl and squall. And he, with all of those resources and all of that power to create stars and all of that wealth of owning all of these planets and all the silver and the gold and even the cattle. what a barbecue he could host. He'll sit there and won't do anything. Why? Because you can't please him without faith. And just because you're Christian and loving, he's not going to let you work around some other way. There is no other way. This is how it works. This is how you get off the sick bed in the hospital. This is how you get your bills paid. This is how you come into the miracle zone of blessing praise God and he's very compassionate very sweet very loving but you could live your whole life as a believer and be defeated in many areas that he's made provision for you to have victory because you're not using your faith in those areas Mm, mm, mm. wow praise the Lord there's going to be a lot of people that are believers of course when they get to heaven they never learn this and they're going to have to sit in classes and somebody's going to have to teach them hopefully not me I want to be doing other things (laughs) All right. Woo. Praise God. Amen. But you have to learn it down here. Amen. If you want to be friends with God, you have to understand he's not moved by need. He's moved by faith. And you, if you read through the gospels, you see it over and over and over again. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So take a hold of the healing that you need by faith. This is your year where, where God is with you and you're going to rise up like mountains of strength and power And what is on Jesus and what is in him, what has been invested to him with the, um, with the power and the riches and the wealth and the glory and the honor. It's all open for you also to experience the overflow on him pouring into you. Praise the Lord. But you get into it through faith. So if you really want to be friends with God, you have to go back to Abraham who was a friend of God who, when God took him outside and told him certain things about his, his future son and things like this, it says he believed God. He didn't say, well, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? You know, you remember if he did say that he's saying it to the God that created all of those stars. So it's kind of like a power display. God was giving him. So, uh, be close to Jesus. You know, Yeah, Jesus is my buddy. Praise God. Okay. We, we understand all of that and understand your latte moment with the Lord, but also understand kind of like who you're hanging out with. You know, <laughs> uh, this is the head of the church. This is the king of kings. This is the wealthiest person in the universe. Uh, this is the wisest person in the universe. I probably should ask him some questions and you want to balance that friendship with that. Well, what makes him really happy, Pastor Stephen? What makes him really happy? Faith. You can't please him without it. Mm-mm. Woo! Praise the Lord. So, this is going to be a breakthrough, breakout, epic year for you because as you stay on it and trust the Lord and speak the word, you're going to see victory begin to break forth and you're going to flourish in every area of your life. Please lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your people. Father, maybe as they're watching, maybe they don't need a diamond that weighs uh, a million carats. Maybe they don't need something that big. Maybe they don't need to have diamonds rain down on their backyard. But Father, maybe they could use a special blessing. Hallelujah. Maybe they could use a better vehicle. Maybe they want to send their child off to Bible college. Maybe they want to pay for something that, or maybe they want to give a special offering and they're looking for increase. Maybe they want to cr- come up with a creative idea that you could help them with for kingdom prosperity. But Father, I just thank you that all of heaven's resources are available through your Son, Jesus. And I just pray for your people, O oh God, that they open their hearts to your greatness, to your power. To name every single star, Father, we give you praise. Lord, let there be expressions of great power that uh, flow to your people. We just thank you, Father. Let your people be as signs and wonders that you work through and you do great things through. I thank you, Father, that the gift of faith is rising up in many, coming upon many, to believe you for the impossible and to receive the impossible. We just give you praise, Father God. I thank you for speaking to your people, that word of great encouragement, that word of their destiny unveiled of what you have for them. And I thank you that you're getting them there. You're getting them there. Now, Father, we thank you that we walk by faith and not by sight, not by our feelings or our sensory realm. We thank you, O God. We thank you that your word is making a way that we are breaking through. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name, Amen. And Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're watching today, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you might be like uh, the rich young ruler. You may have tremendous wealth. You might think, "Well, Pastor Stephen, what do I need God for? I'm I'm just doing fine." Well, I'll tell you, there's going to come a day when you're going to be judged, and you're going to the moment. The moment you see God, you're going to realize you're in a world of trouble. That is, if you were to die and go right into your judgment, uh, if, if you were to die now without Christ, you're going right into hell. But God is so holy, so pure that the only way that you could stand before him is to be in his son, Jesus, who bore the sins of humanity upon himself so that we could receive forgiveness of sins and be washed and made right with God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So put your trust in the Lord today. If you used to be a Christian, but you backslid got all messed up in sin and you're ready to come out of the pig pen and get cleaned up through the blood of Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer along with us. Okay. So let's pray. Just call out to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, you're the greatest. You're the best. You are the son of God. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross, rose on the third day, and ascended into heaven. Jesus, save me now. I repent of all of my sins. I give my life completely to you. Wash me with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. Help me with my faith to believe you for all that you have for me. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. May never see you on the earth, but I'll see you in heaven one day. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's take Holy Communion together today. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. If you don't have, you know, like a certain kind of grape juice or a certain type of unleavened bread, just get a little cracker. Okay, get a little wafer, whatever you might have. Grab some uh, juice. If you don't have grape juice, grab apple juice, whatever you've got. And let's pray over it. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it. We set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, as we receive the Lord's body. We thank you for strength. We thank you for the infusion of faith. We thank you, Father, that truly there's nothing too hard for you. How could there be? There's nothing too hard for you. So we trust you and we hold on to the words you've given us. We thank you that you are watching over them to perform them. Just like you said you would. Thank you, Father, in Jesus name. Amen. Let's receive. God's going to do something great for you. God's going to do a miracle for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It might make you want to just run around in your front yard, run circles around your house, and praise God. You may even want to do it now in advance, and I would encourage you to do that. Amen. You know, the old-time Pentecostals, they used to call it dancing it in. They would dance dance in advance, dance it in. Praise God. That's an expression of your faith. Mm, You speak and, and agree with God's Word. And you find other ways of expressing your faith through works such as the dancing in praise God, praise God in the dance. Amen. You don't, you don't have to dance till it shows up dance now in faith. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's mighty cleansing power, washing away the sin of unbelief, the sin of doubt. And we just thank you, father God. We Thank you that we want to be friends with you. And as we drink this cup, we thank you that it's also the cup of friendship. And that's more than, oh God, just patting each other on the back. That's that's like we're in unity together. We understand, oh God, what pleases you. So I just thank you, Father God. We thank you that we are people of faith because we want to please you and make you happy. Thank you, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's blood together and drink the cup of friendship. Woo! Glory. My friends, as these messages are blessing you, I want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry, help us keep preaching the gospel around the world. I'm going to ask that the information now be put up on the screen of how you can give. You can give online. You can give uh, at our website. You can give by text, and you can also mail an offering in if you would like. And we certainly appreciate your support, helping us to continue to expand the ministry and the teaching of the Lord Jesus all around the world. Did you know that in 1960, in a vision, Jesus appeared to Prophet Kenneth Hagin and told him that the ministry of teaching is more important than the gift of working of miracles. Oh, pastor Stephen, how could that be? Because the gift of working of miracles is often associated with the ministry office of the evangelist. And when people are spiritually dead and unsaved signs and wonders following the preaching of the word, bring validity to the truth of the message. And it brings in the lost but once you become a believer you're going to have to eventually get your faith online and start believing God you can't live off signs and wonders you cannot live off spiritual gifts as much as i teach on them believe in them and they are an expression of christ as manifested by the holy spirit but you can't live on the gifts alone so at, so my job as a believer is that uh, or as a minister is that is once believers are you know beginning their journey with the lord is to do what teach and get what into them get the word into them get faith into them so that they can take a hold of the promises of god and 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 possess what god has for them and not just be sitting back waiting for a miracle and god does do miracles but you can't live off of them but the just shall live how by faith woo praise the lord amen that's why teaching It is so important. Amen. And I know that you love God's word. So thank you for supporting us. Thank you for being a blessing. And I'm praying for you also. And uh, I know that there, there are others fasting as well. I just want you to know I'm praying for all of our online church members, all of our ministry partners. We're praying for you. And I'm believing God to work with your faith so that you receive very, very, um, powerful testimonies, breakthroughs and miracles. Amen. So thank you for joining me today. Stay close to the Lord, be friends with the Lord and you're being friend. You're, you're in friendship with the greatest one. Praise God. See you back next time. Bye-bye.